I would say that sometimes those soft skills matter more than hard skills, you know, in a candidate because... This podcast interviews the real people in Kiev to share their life and work, as well as showing the interesting places, events, art, culture, and business opportunities in Kiev. The goal is to help more foreign investors discover the reality of life in Kiev so that the Ukraine economy receives more foreign investments, which creates more opportunities for the Ukrainian people to have a better future. My guest today is a sociology master's degree graduate from the Taras Shevchenko National University of Kiev. From being a ballroom dancer to now a recruitment specialist at the interim management firm Rain. From volunteering at the Salvation Army to being the chief editor of her local newspaper, from exploring Hollywood to enjoying New York City, from Barcelona to Vienna. Juliana Fiapko has been all over the world, has so many experiences to share, and today we will talk about her life and work in Kiev. Juliana, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm really happy and excited to speak about your experiences, opinions, and views. And first, to give a bit of background about you, how and what took somebody who graduated with a master's degree in sociology to becoming a a recruitment specialist at RAIN? Yeah, so actually I was... um... Kind of like a long story because I started working when I was only, uh, you know, junior in college and my university. So I was trying, you know, different jobs here and there. And then um, I ended up working in an IT company, actually. And that's how I, uh, you know, discovered recruiting sphere to me. And in the beginning, I was involved into IT recruiting more. Uh, So, yeah, you know, I... I self-taught myself. I didn't have like, um, you know, I didn't go into like any like physical course where you can learn more about like recruiting sphere and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, I was just trying my best because I really liked it, Uh, you know, because I like to talk to people and kind of see how can I help them with their dream job and, um you know, share an advice to them and just make their life better in general. And since, yeah, so it was like five years ago, I would say, or four years ago. So since then, you know, I was just improving my skills. And now I work, um, I've been working for Rain Partners for over a year and a half, uh, doing recruiting as well. Uh, So yeah, Uh, I just like it. And I think that actually sociology really helped me with with the job that I do now because it involves a lot of market uh, research. Um, And yeah, so sociology really helped me with it and with all the skills that I have because it was really easier for me to um, get my work done 
faster and um, better than my coworkers, I would say, who didn't. I love that. And yeah, to ask you, yes, are you originally from Kiev or did you move from somewhere else to Kiev? Uh, yeah, I originally come from west part of Ukraine, from Lviv. Great. I love the city of Lviv and I know many people who love the energy and the atmosphere there. But yeah. you chose to live and work in Kiev. Can you compare both cities? What are your favorite things in Kiev about Lviv? What are your favorite things about Kiev? What do you miss about leaving Kiev? And why did you choose Kiev? Uh, yes, thank you for the question. I originally chose Kiev because I wanted to study in the best university in Ukraine. And it happens to be located in Kiev, you know. Uh, so I told my parents, I was like, you know, if I'm going to study here in Ukraine, I'm going to study in the best college ever. So I applied to Tarashevchenko National University of Kiev, and that's how I moved to Kiev, actually. And I always wanted to live uh, in the capital for at least some time. And I would say that my university years were like the best ones here in Kiev because, you know, you have so many opportunities here. You have so many um like job offers all the time and uh, the space for you to improve yourself and it's just the city of endless opportunities really if you you know if you want to work hard and if you can and if you're talented you know you will uh, you'll become successful while in Lviv it's you know it's a smaller town um I mean, the population is around a million, which is still big, but compared to Kiev, it does not have as many opportunities for um, for people. And um, I just think that, you know, Lviv, it's like the center of Western Ukraine, Western Ukrainian culture, which I love as well because I'm a part of it since I was born. Uh, but in Kiev, it's just, you know, a mixture of everything. And... Um, I just like the energy here as well. It's like people always have to do something, you know, uh, to grow, to improve themselves and stuff like that. So I think for, um, you know, for uh, being young, it's actually like the, the, the best city that you can um, live and improve in. And then if you would like, you can like move to a different one. I agree about the energy of Kiev. It's absolutely special and people don't realize it until they go there or people who are born in Kiev won't know until they go and try another city. Maybe, you know, I would like to know about you three things since it was very fascinating to hear about some comments that you made. One of them, you said that you like to meet new people all the time. Does this mean you as a person are an extrovert or are you uh, an introvert that likes to sometimes meet new people? And the second, you talked about self-development and helping people and all that. Are you a person who's always like learning and you love some people like Tony Robbins and you're always mm -hmm. improving your skills because actually your English is very, very good, especially that your education was mostly in Ukraine, which is good, but I noticed that uh, when it comes to teaching languages, I believe the system is a bit old, and therefore a lot yeah. of people have a lower level than um, I was hoping they would have. And the uh, third thing is 
about recruitment. Is it for you that thing where you know you change somebody's life? Or is it that you speaking and getting to know so many new people that you love to have that big network that makes Kiev feel like home to you? Mm-hmm. I know it's three questions if you want me to focus on one by one. I love them down, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, when it comes to the first question, I would say um, that I'm, yeah, I'm more uh, an extrovert than an introvert because, you know, um, I just, I don't feel uncomfortable talking to new people. And I think when you are a recruiter, um, that's an essential skill to have because sometimes when a person, like when you interview someone, you know, for their job, um, and sometimes they are introvert, you know, they don't feel like they want to open up as much. Uh, you're the one who have to like step up and kind of make them talk and, you know, um, make them like explain and stuff like that, you know. So I think if you are an introvert as a recruiter, that would be a bit challenging as far as your job goes. Um, then about English, yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of people here in Ukraine especially have, you know, um, their English is not probably what you're looking for. But um, I was lucky enough to have a really great teacher back in my high school. And then, um, yeah, I was just so, you know, hardworking with my English. And I just always, you know, I wanted to learn it so bad <laughs> so I would um I would learn it every day for like I don't know three four hours and and then after that I went to the U.S. for a year as an exchange student when I was uh, when I was 16 years old so that would probably somehow contribute to my English as well um so yeah but I mean it all depends on a person as well if she or he wants to like become an expert in something you know it's it's possible (laughs) i think so and then um about the changing life (laughs) um i think yeah you know because when a person comes up to you and um, he's looking for a job or she's looking for a job and and as a recruiter you have to be aware of the job that you offer you know um doesn't matter if it's in an IT sphere or like a general market or whatever, like obviously you're aware of the job that you offer and all the details and all the uh, pros and cons of the company that you represent and stuff like that. Um, And on the other hand, so you're basically, you know, as a recruiter, you have to represent your company's uh, interests. And on the other hand, you have to represent candidates' interests to your company as well you know what I'm saying so you, you're kind of in between as a recruiter because you need to satisfy your company's needs and on the other hand meanwhile you got to satisfy candidates needs and kind of match a candidate to a job you know and you know it's just a lot of detail that I feel like some of the recruiters don't really realize or understand that much, you know, because really when somebody, somebody comes up to an interview, you know, it can change their life. You know, if you give them this job offer or if you, you know, uh, if you're just doing a first 
uh, interview with them. You know, it's your responsibility to uh, send them to your team lead interview or to the interview with your director of the company or, you know, stuff like that. So you got to really take responsibility for this as well and kind of really think if this person is going to be, you know, good for our company or is our company is going to benefit that person as well, you know. I love that. It reminds me of chess. And I don't know whether you're a chess player, but you have the brain to be a good chess player. And then I was thinking, because this is a very good conversation, so please prepare your pen and pencil or your notepad or anything you're writing, because I have three other questions as well. The first is, in most cities, even in Scandinavian countries and Sweden and Norway and all that, in IT, the vast majority are men and there are very, very few women. But I noticed in Kiev, there are a lot more women than I expected who are involved in the IT sphere. And you even spoke about being involved um, in that as well. Can you speak about why, uh, what you notice, what makes Kiev different and the culture of Kiev and Ukraine that allows that to happen? And the second thing is, what are your favorite places in Kiev that have that energy that you spoke about? Especially the third is kind of a variation. What places you think foreigners don't know that if they discover, they will fall in love with Kiev, places outside the typical tourist areas? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so I think... um... Yeah, I, I would agree that um, in Ukraine you see a lot of women who are, you know, doing IT and stuff like that. Um, but when you look at the, you know, university, um, it's probably like 60% men and 40% women. I'm talking about um, like the computer engineering faculties, you know, and stuff like that, where they actually prepare IT specialists for the future. Um, I'm not sure about Scandinavian countries or European, but I would imagine probably they have more men working in IT. Uh, For women, uh, I noticed that, you know, if you look at like Genesis or uh, Epom systems companies or um, SoftServe, you would see a lot of... um, women actually working as recruiters as well uh i i haven't seen many men who do recruiting for it actually here in kiev um but as far as like coding yes i i mean i i know so many girls who are really great uh, you know it developers and they know different languages and stuff like that so I, I don't know. I cannot really explain why, but I think here um, here women are just really hardworking, I would say. You know, when they want to do something, they work for it and they do it. So, um, and they're really smart as well because you have to be smart <laughs> to, uh, to code, you know, and uh, stuff like that. But we do not actually have any... Um, like kind of discrimination you know um it's like men and women they're like equal especially in in it sphere you know so um maybe that's why and about favorite places in kiev i would say because a part of like friendship arch and stuff like that that all tourists probably visited already 
I would say that uh, my favorite place would be Las um, Divisionska Square. This is like the part of old Kiev, and you can actually kind of feel this magnificent atmosphere there. You know, you can just walk down the streets and they're just, you know, colorful and um, you, you know, go out for a coffee and you just kind of chill there and just prepare your thoughts for the day. Where is it, like, really? Is it in, uh, in Padil or is it near yes, uh, yes, Golden yes. Gate? It's it's near Padal. It's near Padal. Okay. Is yeah. that in Ukrainian or in Russian? I want to know this then because I know a lot of people in Lviv insist that they want and need to speak Ukra- the Ukrainian language at home while people from Odessa and that part of Ukraine, they speak Russian and are are proud to speak Russian. And in Kiev, there is a huge mix of people who speak both and some only speak one. So since I said Padil, which is, and you said Padol, I think maybe that's the difference uh, between like two different languages. So can you pause that? No, that's the same. Padil, it's in Ukrainian, and then Padol, it would be in, in Russian. Yes, so I'm asking, what's your view on the differences in speaking, whether speaking Ukrainian or Russian? Is it better for foreigners to learn Ukrainian or Russian? And what do you do? Do you speak with your friends more Russian or Ukrainian? And what Um, is your view? um, See, uh, like with my job, I speak mostly English, but uh, with my colleagues uh, and with some friends, I do speak Russian. I'll explain why. Well, Ukrainian is my la- native language, obviously, because, you know, I was raised uh, in the West part. But uh, when you hear everyone speak Russian, you know, um, I don't have any, you know, problems or difficulties to switch to Russian, you know. And when I need to, I can speak Ukrainian. And when I need to, I would speak English, you know. So it just depends uh, who is used to what, you know. Um, but I noticed that in the past, like maybe 10 years ago, uh, in Kiev, everyone would like speak Russian, you know, and here it's like right now uh, it's getting better because I would say even like probably 50, 60% people speak actually Ukrainian and, um, you know, it's good. It's good. I agree with you. Although I'm learning Russian because I noticed that, um, many people don't speak I believe, this is what I believe, people in Kiev know how to speak English, but because they haven't practiced enough, they feel uncomfortable or some people even timid to be speaking in English because they worry about making mistakes and therefore learning at least a basic ability of Russian or Ukrainian makes a huge difference. And to ask you, the culture in Kiev, you spoke about how women in Kiev are hardworking, there is no discrimination, and if they set a goal, they can reach it. What I notice is that in Kiev, people really work hard. I mean, they almost, in many parts of their life, they're either working or maybe a bit of time with friends or sleeping. <laughs> they, uh, It's not even like in many parts of the wor- world where there is maximum one third of your day is working and then one third you do other activities and all that. 
uh, and then sleeping. I noticed the schedule is almost always full. Students, especially now, they have so much homework because yeah. uh, teachers think that if they're staying at home, they're doing nothing, so they need double the homework. What do you think about that culture? Do you prefer more of the uh, Spanish, Italian uh, kind of culture, or even California that is more relaxed? Or do you like this and you wish people worked more and harder and forever? Um, you know, I think um, at some point in your life, um, you would have to work hard if you, you know, if you have your aim, if you want to reach something, um, you know, obviously you would, you know, you would have to work hard for it. Um, for Kiev, I think this is because, um, you know, so many people from other parts of Ukraine come here to make money. So that's why they have to work hard, you know. Uh, even when you're a student, you know, you have to work hard because probably your parents cannot afford to buy you, I don't know, like a Porsche or three apartments in Kiev right away, you know. So, But I don't think this is as good you know i think that there should be a balance like there's nothing bad in scheduling your day but it doesn't have to be work you know 20 hours a day you know you can work for like eight hours or nine hours and then i don't know you can go to the gym go to the gym or go to i don't know meet with friends or go somewhere else you know so i think there should be a balance of course because if the if there is not then, um, you know, a person can just break. I have so many friends who were like this, you know, they were on the go for days and then they would just be so stressed out and suffering from depression and stuff like that, you know, it's just not good. But on the other I hand, agree. but on the other yeah. hand, when, uh, yeah, but on the other hand, when you're so, um, relaxed all the time, you know, you're used to it and, you don't get anything done, you know. Mm. I believe in in that uh, consistency is better than burning out, which means we should work hard, but without reaching that level that causes depression and being too stressed out. And I noticed in Kiev, many people are operating at that threshold of extra ultimate stress all the time. Like you said, of course, if uh, somebody is just, relaxing all day they will not they will soon be on the streets of kiev begging yeah. for money yeah. <laughs> i'm sure yeah. it, it's <laughs> not easy but what i mean is that people in kiev a lot of them take it to extremes of almost doing nothing except working more and more and more and what i believe if you have a big goal you cannot survive long enough if you're working at that extreme level and to ask you about kiev more what is your favorite gym that you recommend to foreigners what is your favorite shopping center uh, are there brands that are ukrainian or from kiev for for example mm -hmm. shoes and clothes that you think are cool are there places where people can go with friends to some like uh I guess clubs are not possible anymore, but like places where they can relax, maybe uh, swimming pools, um, places where they can learn Russian or Ukrainian. Can you give some recommendations? Yeah. Uh, so um, 
you asked about the gem first, right? Yes. Uh, so it depends. Uh, it depends on a person. So um, we have like this big uh, Ukrainian chain of gyms, which is called Sport Life. And there are several locations here in Kiev as well. So if you are just doing, doing gym, you can go there. If you are more onto like a CrossFit side, you can try either CrossFit Banda. They have several several locations here in Kiev as well. Or you can try uh, the Yebesha Club. It's E-B-S-H Club. So it's for CrossFit. Uh, then as far as the clothes, I mean, yeah, we have, we have several shopping centers. I would say that, you know, the two of the biggest and uh, like better ones where you can actually have a good selection of different shops would be Gulliver. It's in the center. And another one would be uh, Dreamtown that's in Obelon, which is not kind of far from the, from the center. But those are like big ones. Um, and about doing with friends, I mean, you know, it's winter time now, so you can go... Um, to Osakor residence uh, it's on the left bank uh, but uh, they recently opened up and um, when you go there you know you plant into atmosphere of Harry Potter and they have animators there and uh, uh, you know if you're like in the Harry Potter <laughs> world or whatever and they have you know grown-ups so i assume you them. love harry potter you've read all the books <laughs> yeah i love winter fairy tale who doesn't <laughs> yes and about you know before i want to ask you of course about what lets you know when you meet a candidate for recruitment that okay this is a good person of course you can find multiple people who have the skills and that match the needs of your company. And you said that is important to think about. But to you, what is that extra factor that you think, okay, this will be a good team member, this person will be great? I would say that sometimes those soft skills matter more than hard skills, you know, in a candidate. Because I've had candidates, they were so clever, you know, so well-educated in the job but they just couldn't work in a team. So it didn't make any sense, you know. Um, so I would say, you know, ability to work in a team and to listen to an advice from a senior lead, you know, because when a candidate thinks that he knows everything in the world, you know, um, it's just not going to work because there's somebody, you know, smarter than you all the time anywhere you go so for you to improve you just gotta sometimes you know listen and work and you know stuff like that and um, i like that and is that your attitude because i mentioned tony robbins before and i know you didn't answer that but because i ask many questions so i'll try to ask one question at a time so are you a person who likes to learn from more experienced people? Are you somebody who likes to self-develop internally? Do you believe like in the um, goal setting? Do you believe in that 
through learning and having ambitions like what are your goals for self-improvement if you had any yes yes i think so because um you know i've seen the results i've seen the results because uh that's how i improve you know um i always read a lot of uh, books and you know literature and I attended courses online you know even uh and I always had um team members who were you know who I looked up to and stuff like that you know so I think it's really important for a candidate to be surrounded by you know people like this and and even in life you know when you surround yourself with people who are not kind of as good as you, you know, you're not going to improve. <laughs> I agree. So the final question, and it's, you know, I think it's very important. Imagine we are having this conversation five years from today in 2025, mm -hmm. and we look back at today and you notice that everything in your personal life and in your career happened exactly the way you wish and you're very satisfied what mm -hmm. do you think needs to happen between today and 2025 for you to feel that and to be in that place that you feel you achieved those goals um you know i don't think that i have to completely change anything um in my life now to get to a point where i want to be five years from now I think I just have to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing uh, with this balance between work and life and stuff like that, you know. So I feel like I'm doing pretty good uh, just because I've learned so many things throughout my life already. So, yeah, I just think that if I just keep going, <laughs> I'll be where I want to be. And that's like the thing that. for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, but not many people would have that answer, which is wonderful. It means you are living life exactly the way you wished and becoming better and better, but in the same trajectory. And you said you lived in the U.S. for one year. I know you've been all over the world from Vienna to Florence to uh, Barcelona to the U.S., West Coast, East Coast, yeah. but you still chose to live in Ukraine in Kiev, even though you could realistically do a great job and be a great executive anywhere in the world, what could be the biggest reason why? Um, you know, I've thought about it many times. Um, I think uh, that really it does not matter where in the world you are, you know, because your thoughts and kind of your problems are always going to be there, you know. They're going to be chasing you. So I think I was just trying to find a balance inside me and with the world that surrounds me. Uh, just so I can be happy, you know. And for me, being happy doesn't mean to live somewhere else other than Kiev, you know. So, I agree with you. It's... So, uh wherever you go there you are it that's yeah. what i keep saying to people i know people who live in hollywood who think it's a miserable 
hateful place and they wish they lived somewhere else and people who live in Hollywood who think oh my god people are so nice and I love it so much and it's the person and the soft skills like you said yeah <laughs> thank thank you Juliana for a great great interview you are somebody with substance and I believe that you're a thinker and somebody who's always improving and becoming better and I believe that is extremely important even for people who work a lot some of them will be distracted by working hard so much that they don't become a better person in the process and I believe yeah. you are working towards the balance for that where can people find you where can they learn more from you connect with you and discover more um i would say linkedin that would be a good source i will put your linkedin <laughs> in the uh, description so okay. linkedin is the best place yeah yeah i'm there every day <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, and thank I wish you, you a great day. It was a pleasure.